We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. The button has been pressed. We are going. <laughs> we are um, once again in Albuquerque. It's actually the same trip. It's just that y'all are getting it once a week. And we're doing it all in one weekend. Trust me, so. once a week is better. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? But we're here in Albuquerque. And so last night we came down. To, how do you how do you pronounce the... the so we're here... First off, Zephyr. we're here with Tammy... Bingham. Bingham. Um, in Albuquerque. And she has a uh, gym here called... CrossFit Zephyr. That's what I couldn't say. Not CrossFit. I could say that, but Zephyr. Zephyr. I'm not sure you could say CrossFit either. No, probably, <laughs> probably not. Today has not been um, my best day for speaking. Um, speaking and the words coming out in the right order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Articulation. Right. Articulation. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Big word of the day. Ching for Kyle. Gold star. Um, anyway, we come down here last night and she tried to kill us. So she's lucky that we came back today. Um, or we're dumb. One of the two. One of the I don't know. But no, she put us through a portion, just a portion of her uh, fit to hunt program, and it was pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, not something I'm personally going to do all the time, but I did enjoy it. It was pretty cool. Guessed it great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a learning curve to it, I guess. <laughs> it is. We'll get to the fit to hunt. Uh, we want to know about you, Tammy. Tell us, tell us about your upbringing. Tell us about how you got into yeah. hunting. All you that are, fun where stuff. you from? All that oh. good stuff. So I grew up in a small town in New Mexico called Alida. It's a town of two hundred people, and it is between Portales and Roswell. <laughs> um, grew up. My dad and my grandpa were avid hunters, um, rifle hunters, and they hunted um, southeastern part of the state, um, mainly in the mountains. And they were kind of like your traditional like horseback into the wilderness rifle hunters and my kind of guy right Right. (laughs) um not that i was against hunting growing up i just didn't have any any interest in it it was my dad's thing um and it was i thought it was cool he'd do it and i would even go on the trip sometimes um he would go to my grandparents had a cabin and he'd go up there and i just stay with my grandma and just hang out with my grandma and do kind of the men went hunting and the women and the children stayed behind (laughs) very traditional So that was kind of my first introduction to hunting. And um, right at the end of college, I guess, so my early 20s, um, I had just finished um, kind of wrapping up my track career. Growing up, I played basketball, baseball, track, volleyball, all the team sports. And I was kind of wrapping that up and looking for something to kind of get into. So I decided I wanted to get into hiking and backpacking. Nice. Yeah. So I convinced my dad. I was like, you know, let's go up into the high country and hike it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you mean take the horses? Yeah. So that, that would be my answer. Wait. Hike. You mean take on horseback, right? Hike. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's how I hike. Right. He's like, no, we're going horseback riding, right? And I was like, no. Like, I grew up riding horses up there. And I was like, no, let's hike it. And he's like, don't worry, I'll find you a horse. <laughs> no, 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 I really want to hike it. And so I convinced him to get into it. And we went on a couple, like, quick day day hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he kind of 
I mean, you'd have to ask him what was he was thinking, but I think he kind of saw his opening. Um, and he started moving those hikes more to the fall and early mornings. Right. Nice. Yeah. It's a way to go, Dad. <laughs> so there's a sweet spot in between the bow hunts and the muzzleloader hunts mm-hmm. where the elk are in the rut and nobody's up there. Um, and so that's when we started going. And he, we'd get up early morning and... I have this one vivid, vivid memory. It was my first, like, what I would call encounter with an elk. And um, early morning, like, still dark. Like, my mind didn't think in these terms back then, but it wasn't legal shooting hours. And um, we start hearing this elk bugle. My dad gets all excited. And I think it was the first time I heard it that close and that, like, you know, like, quiet and that dark. And it was just a very, very, like... It just Crazy cuts experience. that silence yes. and, and mm-hmm. just right there, yeah. And then, you know, and your legs are burning, you're climbing the mountain, and as soon as you hear that noise, like, you know, the adrenaline kicks in and your legs don't hurt anymore and you feel like you could hike forever. I love that feeling. So I heard the elk bugle, and so my dad took out his call and called back. I was going to say, your dad ever so strategically <laughs> like, huh. like this guy already. I know, right? that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I bet he's got an elk bugle in his pack. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. So he starts calling. And, of course, this bull elk starts getting louder and louder and louder. And, you know, my heart starts pumping. I'm getting pretty excited about it because I've never seen an elk close up. Um, and all of a sudden, he's quit bugling. I was like, well, that's over, you know. Done. I'm ready to start hiking again. Let's get to the top of the mountain. He's like, no, no, just wait, you know. And then um, starting to get a little lighter, starting to get cold. And uh, I was like, let's go. I'm getting cold. It get really, really cold. My hands start to hurt. And so he handed me a pair of these, like, white, like, roping gloves. Mm-hmm. He said, put these on. Let's sit here for a second. I was bored. And then all of a sudden this elk just appears and lets out this scream of a bugle. So the you could see its breath come out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. It was that close. And that like cloud of breath like came right at me so it like hit me in the face and i was like mesmerized (laughs) for like a second and then i was scared (laughs) right (laughs) because it's this huge elk these giant antlers i can't tell you how big it was like to me it was just like yeah amazing I got a little scared because I was like, this thing's going to charge us. You know, I, it's a huge animal. Those things are really pointy. They're, they're known for being bloodthirsty and, <laughs> and deadly. Right. And it is just staring at us. And I'm just like, so I had those white cotton gloves on and I just like gave it a little jazz hand. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad is like, what? <laughs> And I have a picture. He took it to the top of mountain, still wearing those gloves. And I was just like, <laughs> The funny thing is it didn't, like, jump and run. It just kind of, like, just wandered away. Right. Well, the funny thing is jazz hands in the forest at the end. Oh, so you know what the elk was thinking. Oh, jazz hands. Oh. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Yeah. I'll just I'll mosey off here. Uh, those guys aren't going to hurt oh, me. Oh, that's funny. Um, so that was, like, my first encounter. And I was hooked. And I don't think I had, like... I, we had a camera that day because there's a picture of me at the top of the mountain, but I don't think I had a camera. I was a poor college student. But right after that, um, went and bought me a camera, and I got into what I'd consider elk photography. Um, this is the best camera I could afford at the time, best zoom I could afford at the time, and we started making it a yearly tradition. We'd go up there, same weekend, between, or weekday, whatever it ended up being, between the two hunts, 
and um, we would call them in and take pictures. Um, and it was probably third or fourth year we were doing this and um, another day I'll never forget, we called up um, two five by fives, one directly in front of us at about 20 yards and the second one came up kind of about nine o'clock, about 15 yards. And one of them was bugling it and the other one's barking and they're just going crazy. And uh, it was just such a cool experience. And I was actually kind of wishing that I would have been a little bit further away so I could get both of them in you the, know, same, in the shot. same shot. Yeah. But I was so close. I was just like picture, picture of each. Um, and it was on that walk out where my dad was like, you know, you're within bow range. And I think that was the first time I'd ever considered hunting because I didn't like guns. I don't have anything against guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like loud noises, and I'm a very jumpy person. Um, and I don't think at that point I hence, had ever... Hence the jazz hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get a little scared. But um, I don't think I'd ever shot a gun at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, growing up, there were always guns in the house. My dad, you know, being a rifle hunter, he's a bird hunter. Um, I don't know how I made it to my 20s without shooting a gun, but I had zero interest in it. But as soon as he mentioned archery... I was like, yeah, I could do that. And so picked up a bow. took me a couple of years to draw out, and the rest is history. Nice. So. Cool. Where's the first place you drew? There in the... There. It's the only place I really ever put in for. Yeah. So um, right right above where my grandparents live, um, like I said, my grandpa was, you know, my great-grandfather's probably the one that started, maybe even his dad. Um, but my, my grandfather is 93 years old, still lives right there, and I don't think I'll thought anywhere... Um, while my grandparents are still living right there. Yeah, right. So. Good. Good. Nobody can blame you for that. No, <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. And I like, I like how you got uh, the the whole process of how you got into hunting. That's pretty cool. Well, it's funny because uh, I, I don't know how many people we've talked to Dana with for, with uh, Kifaru and Tag with First Light and Emily and Adrian and now Tammy didn't even get into it until they were in their 20s and that's right. i mean that's the demographic that we're shooting for with hunting forward well even you didn't do too much of it no until i went i went on a couple of hunts when i was young uh but then kind of like everything else you get into high school and then into, into college and your focus is elsewhere i'm kicking myself now um my uh, niece is going to college up at utah state and i had the opportunity to go up there and, and in idaho and I'm totally kicking myself for not taking advantage of the hunting opportunities I could have had as a college student there. And so, yeah, I, but it's, a, you're, you're right. I didn't, I mean, I did a little bit of hunting here and there, uh, but not until yeah, you until and I started. Until we got together yeah. and, and started hunting. Um, you know, and me, I've been hunting my whole life. I mean, I've been going on hunting trips with my family since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot re- remember a time, um, that I didn't hunt. The only the only year that I didn't hunt was when I I lived in Oklahoma for a year, and we don't talk about that. So, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, you know, only because there's no witnesses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I saw a deer in Oklahoma, and um, you know, it hit me about kneecap. You mistook it for and a dog. And I was like, you know, why bother? Um, you know, I don't like snacks. <laughs> well, I think too my. My preferred method of hunting and my style of hunting and um, and all of that didn't really align with my, my dad's at the time mm-hmm. and my grandfather's um, for a lot of reasons. A, we already talked about the guns, but we were talking about earlier, I hate the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like cold is painful for me. I don't, um, 
you know, and cold is one thing when you're hiking because you warm your body up, but mm-hmm. sitting on top of a horse when it's snowing and yeah, blowing on you're on the top frozen, of the mountain yeah. um, was still not something I'm really sure I'd want to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we have one of those hunts this year. My husband has one, and and I'm kind of dreading it. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna freeze. To get lots of warm stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all I can say is is uh, merino wool. If you, merino the, wool. The most is, you can get, the better. Yeah. Socks. Yeah, yeah. It's, I uh, I would do just about anything to hunt. I don't care. I'd deal with cold, hot. I'd rather deal with cold than hot. But you know, like you said, personal preference. That's one of the things that we preach is um, there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And just because a person does it differently um, doesn't make it wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And as a hunting community, one of the things, the bad things about the hunting community is we do kind of tend to eat our own from time to time. Um, if a person doesn't do exactly what we think is the way to do it, then uh, we don't give them much credit. And I, I disagree with that. I think that there's all kinds of different styles, different ways. Um, and different methods, and, different attitudes. Yeah, kudos to your dad for recognizing right. what might get you interested because otherwise you might still not be hunting. Yeah. Right. And he never pushed it, you know. It yeah. was, um, and he's like that type of guy. He's just kind of like, you know, a little nudge. What yeah. about this? But the cool thing, too, is uh, I think he was, he was still hunting, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like he was hunting when I was a kid yeah um you know him and his brothers and and my grandfather would go out and it was like a big family thing and they were really into it and as they got older they started skipping a couple years and the draws changed you know and maybe they weren't drawn out as much but they just kind of started to kind of fizzle I guess with it um so him and one of my uncles got into muzzleloaders you know so they changed it up a little bit Mm -hmm. um but as soon as I picked up a bow and picked up a bow hunting so did my dad and he's only archery hunted since then and now it's his thing too you know nice. and so i think it's crazy how people's you know styles of hunting changes and you kind of oh, yeah. have to be open to that too yeah, absolutely and it's really interesting because so when i grew up like i said my family it was a big family deal i mean multiple families um we'd probably have 20 tags and when we started hunting um you didn't have to draw out you just yeah. bought a tag and um, or at least when I started hunting, that's the way. When they started hunting, you could buy a tag and kill like seventy-two different animals. Um, but they did the same thing. You know, when I was real young, we all rifle hunted, and then um, we all went to um, archery, and we all started. The whole family started archery hunting, and then as the the family got older, a lot of them switched to muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the same thing, you know, but, uh, we were a little, our family was a little weird because everybody in our family hunted men, women, kids, all of them, you know, uh, and so growing up in that dynamic, you know, when I get out here now and I hear people, you know, say like, you know, traditional, the women didn't hunt, I was, mm-hmm. I'm always like a little, well, everybody hunted in my family, <laughs> whether you wanted to or not, um, but my yeah. dad and my uncles will tell stories. Like, I don't, it was never, my f- family's not traditional, especially when it comes to business mm-hmm. and, like, personalities don't play, like, traditional gender roles. It was only hunting. But each of them have a story about taking one of my aunts or my mom or 
my you know my grandma or one of them hunting and what happened and came about it and why they never went back out you know or right. and they still did they did, my family still did a lot of trail riding like that you know but um they were pretty hardcore and my grandpa is very um he calls things wilderness experiences and that's if anything goes not according to plan mm-hmm. and i have lots of those it's funny to him and he's not very um you know it's kind of one of those his saying was i had a worse spot in my eyeball you know if you got hurt you yeah. know um or if you know you were uncomfortable or whatever. Oh, he wasn't so he's gonna keep going if you want to turn around go back yourself go for yeah. it you know <laughs> so he was kind of like you know toughen up and keep going or go back to the house and i think they're like all right we'll go back <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's uh that's definitely my family kept they, they didn't they didn't uh, pull no punches either um if you wanted to get a shot at an animal you better get out and get it done because there wasn't no uncle's gonna wait for you his family hunting was like me and my brothers eating dinner like yes. you better eat quick or else you ain't gonna eat yeah, exactly they yeah. they they didn't wait for you they didn't care if you were a 16 year old kid who had never killed a deer before <laughs> Nope, I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna shoot it myself. <laughs> Might as well call Rodney the buckless youper. <laughs> right? Well, it took me a long time. It took me a long time. So it sounds like, Tammy, it sounds like that you have kind of been real active kind of your whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that your uh, time with sports in high school and then in college kind of led you down the fitness path. And, and now your hunting and your fitness have kind of. Yeah merged and converged and yeah a funny story I just thought of is that um you know kind of fitness is what got me into hunting was mm-hmm. I, I wanted to kind of test my my limits of climbing mountains and going out there and that's why we started these these hikes and these backpack trips and and all of this but kind of in that time between when I decided I wanted to be a hunter and finally drew my tag you know when I started you couldn't just go get one and it took a couple of years um I was really interested in in the elk and in hunting and so I tagged along on uh, muzzleloader elk hunt um, and this was my first hunt to go on and it was my um, the people who had the tags were my uncle and I had a cousin with two of his friends and they were all coming out of Texas so um, my dad and my uncle went together and they kind of went up on this like south south ridge and then my cousin took one of his friends mm-hmm. And they took the other guy, the leftover guy, and threw him with me. Oh, and nice. they're like, she'll take you up. And <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, you, you hunt? And I'm like, no. 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 <laughs> and, um, but I'm trying to reassure him on the way up. But I know this country. I grew up here. Like, I know where we're going. I've got on a horse. I, you know, I'll get you, I'll get you to the elk, you know, and, and, and I know elk, you know, because we've been doing these trips, we were calling them in and stuff, and so I'm kind of like, not trying, you know, just reassuring them, like, I got you, you know, and my, of course, my uncle, my dad had all the confidence in the world, like, to send him with me, like, you'll be fine, just go with her, and I think he was a little leery, and I think he kind of felt like, you know, why did I get stuck with her, you know, I got got stuck with a girl, (laughs) Talk Crazy about traditional thing. hunting rules right. coming from Texas. We kind of get up to the top of the mountain. Yeah, and it's his first time, you know. I don't I don't know. He had a little bit of experience on a horse and never really hunted elk. And so this is all new for him, too. And so he's like, well, it is what it is. So we get up to the top of the mountain. And interestingly enough, my dad and my uncle are on a ridge over. And they 
catch us in the binoculars and they kind of were able to see what unfolded but there was a herd of elk and there's the bull was bewing like crazy and um my dad's like oh no she's gonna blow it because if they stay on this trail they're gonna get busted um and I, I knew what was going on. I was like, ah, oh, you know, we got to tie our horses and we're going to hike over back over here, go up over the ridge and we're going to be right on top of them. You're going to have a clear shot. And he was like, wait, we're getting off the horse. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we can't, we can't get all, we can't get close enough on this horse. We got to tie up the horses. And he's like, Ugh, you know, <laughs> so we tie up the horses and, uh, he still wanted to go around this kind of like easy way. And I was like, no, like, we're going to get busted. We got to go up and over here and up this pretty steep ridge and he was like Ugh, okay you know and so we go and you know my dad finally sees me pop out and he's like oh that's what i would have done you know he's like in a proud dad moment perfect like waiting for the gun to go off and i'm waiting for the gun to go off and i'm just like and we're 80 yards from the herd bull and this guy has his hands on his knees and he can't catch his breath and he couldn't pull his gun up and he never got shot off. <laughs> and I think that's really when I was like, you know, there is definitely a fitness component when it comes to hunting. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he had a couple of things working against his favor. One, he was a little out of shape. But also, he's come from sea level. Yeah. You know, and that we were, you know, up on the top of the mountain, probably 10,000 feet. See, we're not the first ones that she <laughs> tried to kill. Right? Right? <laughs> I feel better now. But I think that was my first time where I was like, wow, this is, you know, especially if you're going to be up in the high country and, you know, it was a muzzleloader hunt and we had horses. I think he was like, why would I need to, why would I need to work out? And then I think after that, I'm sure, <clears throat> I'm sure he still remembers it, you know, because he didn't, he ended up not getting an elk that hunt. He had a couple of good opportunities, but just didn't happen. So. Yeah, that's, I, I find that interesting. I'm always baffled. I, I, I'm active. I don't work out, um, uh, but I work in the mountains. I mm-hmm. work up. I work up in Riodoso, uh, so I'm up at high altitudes all the time. And fortunately for me, maybe one day um, in in my even older years, uh, it will catch up with me. But to date, I haven't had any problems. I'm able to when I'm hunting, mm-hmm. I can go. When I'm hiking. I can't go anywhere. I can't hike across a parking lot. <clears throat> but I think, I think one of the points to make there is that you are you are active. Yes, I am. You yeah, know, I it's am. not that it's not that you go home and sit on on your butt in front of the TV all day and, and things yeah. like that. Um, and you know, we we just did a recently did a podcast about not eating our own and and the fact that uh, there there's quite a bit of hype in the outdoor and hunting industry right now with um, supplements and training programs and wilderness athlete there's a bunch of terms going around about that and and our podcast talked about the fact that you don't have to do that to go hunting Mm -hmm. does it help absolutely Absolutely. yeah yeah it does but understand your limitations and if you're not doing that stuff you're not doing the stuff that that we tried to do last night Maybe a wilderness hunt solo backpacking is not your thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you know you need a, a hunt down in the flats where you can just take a short hike or, or whatever yeah. it is. You know, yeah. take a hike through through the sagebrush, shooting some quail, whatever it is. Don't let it stop you from going hunting because there's yeah. so many opportunities to do lots of different cool stuff. But understand what your limitations are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and definitely. if we didn't on that podcast, if we didn't stress that. I think this is a good pod, podcast to stress that. It's just like 
Uh, I think we gave this analogy um, <clears throat> on that podcast too, but it's worth repeating. Uh, you know, I made a coffee table for my for my mom and dad way back when, and uh, had a short amount of time to do it, trying to get it done by Christmas. And I had, I think, a table saw, a circular saw, and a router. And I made I made a really cool coffee table with those three tools. Mm-hmm. Had I had an entire wood shop, probably would have been a much cooler coffee table with a lot less headache. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole, you know, if you can do it, do it. Mm-hmm. But understand yeah. those limitations. Yeah, and that's, and that's, you're exactly right. So there's, um, there's definite benefit, like she's talking about, huge benefits from, from being in that top physical shape um, to hunting. And, uh, you know, that little bit that we did um, last night <laughs> definitely proved that I could use a push-up or two. <laughs> but I can still shoot pretty decent. You did. You outshot me. I out... I out yeah, you outworked out, me. Out-physicaled out, out out you? Out-physicaled yeah. physical the shit out of me. <laughs> Wait, no. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> I didn't come out right at all. And um, I think that, yeah, some people get stuck into, like, what it means to be, like, active and physically fit and you know and to be healthy and yeah you don't have to go to the gym every day and you don't have to you don't have to do crossfit and you don't have to do um weightlifting or you know these kind of like trendier ways of working out but i think it is important to always be striving to be as healthy as possible Um, Mm -hmm. well you told a story last night about about your husband yes and and the fit to hunt kind of program and competitions that and yeah. Tell tell that story again for us. Yeah. So I, of course, own CrossFit Zephyr and run it and work out it on a pretty regular basis. Um, and my husband Zach, um, I don't think has worked out in the gym in probably four to six months. When he comes in there, though, he does some pretty amazing things. Um, and when we started Fit to Hunt, he jumped in. Um, and you can ask a lot of the guys; he's hard to beat. It's not impossible. He's gotten beat on one or two workouts but overall he always you know he's been pretty dominant in it um and it's because he's always active he works with his hands um he is on the move all the time he's you know it's not sedentary at all and he eats fairly well um and so he's fit but he just doesn't work out in the gym yeah yeah and he walks through the gym he knows everybody in the gym he's in there all the time he's just not working out there (laughs) i i definitely like the crossfit um what we did last night i thought was really cool and if i was to start doing some and i do a little bit of that stuff you know when i practice shooting Mm -hmm. um like you were having us do exercises for a minute to really run us out of breath and then try and shoot i do that when i'm practicing Mm -hmm. um typically i just do wind sprints um because all I'm trying to do is just get my breath up and 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 uh, and take a shot. So I do a lot. I do some of that, but I hate weights. I don't like lifting. Um, so the CrossFit is actually a lot cooler uh, for my style, anyway. If I was to do something. Well, and I think, and you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Tammy, but I I would imagine that you're probably going to agree that I think that the CrossFit is a better 
training tool for the type of activities that you do during hunting weights you know it's um, kind of target specific to certain muscle groups and it doesn't and it doesn't always translate to functional strength and I'll give a good example of that uh, we had some of uh, some of the employees that I work with come out and help us with a, a branding uh, you know spring branding for cows um, and a couple of those guys regulars in the gym they lift weights a lot and if you've ever branded cows you know when you're on the flanking crew there's a specific technique to it and if you don't know that technique or you can't get that technique technique down there's almost nothing you can do to muscle that calf down and if you do you're going to wear yourself completely out mm -hmm. and so we were trying to teach these guys the technique to get these calves on their on their size to brand them and uh it was really funny because they you could tell it, it took them a long time to get that technique and until they did they did a lot of trying to muscle those calves to yeah, the ground the muscles of the world yeah and so uh, talking to their supervisor after they after they left the branding they said oh yeah I saw them later in the day and they were walking around like 50 year old men you know I was <laughs> like that's what it'll do to you but they yeah. you know they do a lot of weights it, and it, that ha I think that has its place mm -hmm. within within a workout regimen if, if that's what you like to do. But that CrossFit really, uh, I think, translates to more functional strength and endurance. Mm -hmm. And we always try, like, I mean, that's one of the key components of CrossFit is, is functional, functional movements and high intensity and, and varying the movements. So if you get stuck in one program, it could be amazing for you. It could make amazing... Um, you know, you could just do back squats and bench press and you coming off the couch, you're going to make improvements. Just making gains, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to kind of hit a plateau. And I think that with CrossFit, we do, we do do weights. We do barbell, um, weightlifting, especially in the gym, not so much in our fit to hunt program, but in the gym, we do barbell stuff. And I think there's a time and place for it. Um, but to each his own. Yeah. Like do what you like to do and what you think's fun. If you hate barbells you know telling you okay now you have to go use a barbell you're not going to be successful because you don't like doing it yeah, you don't want to do um it. and so in our fit to hunt program and also in the gym we have a program that i just kind of made it up through a couple different programs together we call it real fit is we still lift heavy objects just not barbells so we use um, sandbags um, some dumbbells some odd objects the weighted vests weighted packs we do stuff like that that you know, you would have to do in real life or you'd have to do when you're hunting. Um, it's, you're going to get a lot of the same benefits as, you know, a weightlifter would because it's resistance training. Mm -hmm. um, but it correlates better to what you're going to do in real life. You know, when you have to, you know, put an elk quarter on and hike up a mountain or you're having to, um, you know, take your gear up or anything like that. So you have the strength to do it. Um, but it may not just be traditional barbell work. So Right. Walk us through, um, so what we were doing last night, the, that's the fit to hunt, right? That is the fit to hunt, yes. Walk us through, walk us through just a typical program. I know, I know that we didn't finish, but walk us through just a typical program of the fit to hunt. Well, before we get into that, into the, like the mechanics of the fit to hunt, give us a background on, on kind of why you do it, how you came up with that. With the idea of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so there's, I mean, there's tons of you know, maybe not tons, but there's a lot of, like you say, on Instagram, and there's mm -hmm. a big push for this, like, fitness within hunting, mm -hmm. um, you know, from the big ones of Cameron Haynes to 
just if you just were to put fitness hunting as a hashtag, you're going to see a bunch of stuff come up. Um, so it is kind of like one of those things that it's coming through. Um, and one thing that I've been wanting to do for a lot of years and finally doing it, hopefully, fingers crossed, it works out this upcoming weekend is um, a race called Train to Hunt. And it's where you do a fitness part and shooting and, you know, they give away prizes and stuff. It's, I, I would kind of compare it to like a Spartan or a Tough Mudder, you know, those kind of races. Mm-hmm. You train all year for them, you go do them, it's super fun. Um, like I said, I haven't done it, so I can't speak to it too much, but I've been following these guys. Um, I actually found them through CrossFit. I've been following them for probably eight to ten years, thinking those guys are doing cool stuff. But the hard part is that it's a once a year thing. And um, it's not very practical for somebody like me who you know, owns a business and has a busy schedule and they never come to New Mexico. Yeah. And it's like a like big you know, commitment to, to travel and to do all this stuff. And even next weekend, I haven't worked out. I mean, I may not get there until two o'clock in the morning, sleep for a couple hours and then drive all night to get back in here to work on Monday. Um, so we wanted to do something that would be here in Albuquerque and something that would be reoccurring. Not a once a year thing, but something that you could do um, once a week um, and and kind of practice those skills on a more regular basis leading up to a hunt. Yeah. So went over to Hit or Miss, um, talked to Neil over there at Hit or Miss, kind of pitched him the idea and he kind of been thinking of something along the same lines, kind of getting fitness kind of as a part of, of his shop. Um, so we came up with the idea and we've, it's evolved. It's a new thing, so it's evolved. Um, this is our third league. The first two leagues were very, very competitive. Um, not very, very competitive, like if you ask the people who were doing it, but every night was a competition and prizes were awarded. And at the end we had a overall winner who got the overall prize. Um, in our last league, we had um, some awesome sponsors, um, a lot of local businesses, Bull FX, um, Wild Pet Food up the way, um, Urban Pizza. Um, we had like a Shockwave, which is a personal training. So we had all these different sponsors that were awarding prizes nightly. And then Power Ford, which is a Ford dealership in, here in town, they gave actually $500 to the service department to the overall winner. Or, nice. Or... $500 for a Raptor, but the nice. winner ended up using it in the service department. I was going to say, that's more functional in the service department, probably. So that was a really cool, we really liked that aspect of competing and competing for prizes and kind of having something on the line. You push yourself a little bit harder when you have something to compete for, but we did get a lot of feedback of people who were like, oh, I would do it, but I'm not at that level yet. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'd, you know, I don't, I couldn't couldn't hang with those guys we had several people there knew they weren't gonna win they were just there to have fun you know shooting traditional bows and people who are you know older or a little out of shape but they were just there to have fun and mm-hmm. enjoyed it and we gave around door prizes and stuff but this league we have switched it up and we're doing it five training nights and that's what you guys went through last night so we are practicing these skills we're spending a little bit more time on how to do things correctly and what's gonna help you you know, do better in the workout or do better in your shooting or do better when you actually are in the field hunting. And then at the end of the league, we're going to have one day of competition. Very cool. So you're kind of addressing those issues where people say, I'm not ready for that. Well, let's get you ready and then let you compete. Yeah. And we love the feedback. I mean, we, um, you know, 
tell us your ideas and we'll try to implement it. Like we're, you know, one of the guys came up to us and he's like, hey, I wish we shot more 3Ds. I was like, cool, sweet. That's all we did the next time we shot 3Ds. You know, so like we're, we're evolving it as we go and trying to make it as, as cool as possible and accommodate as many people as we can. Um, and we've had people um, who have come in who have never shot a bow before. And they actually bought a bow so they could do this league because they thought it sounded cool. Yeah. You know, nice. and then we've had other people who were never worked out before. And, but they're hunters and they're archery, you know, into archery and they're like, oh, okay, we'll give it a try. And now they work out, you know, so it's kind of cool to see all these different people kind of coming in together for it. Yeah. And we have people who never want to hunt. They just want to be there. And so out. that, that, that point right there is actually kind of. Um, where my mind went when you're talking about people just wanting, never picking up our, you know, an, a bow and now wanting to buy a bow and all that stuff. You know, uh, one of the programs that I work with is called uh, Natural Ar- N- National Archeries in the School Program, which tries to get archery into the schools um, as an alternative to physical education. Uh, and it's not designed to get people into hunting, but often what happens is because of the people who are putting that on, it leads to people being more interested in hunting because it's just that gateway. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's something that anybody can do. You know, it's not like basketball or, or soccer or anything like that. You don't have to be completely in shape to do it. Anybody can do archery. Um, but then, you know, you a lot of people, a lot of the kids really get into it, and and that opens doors for uh, kind of a gateway drug into hunting mm-hmm. because it lends to that. Yeah. yeah. So that's sounds like a lot of what this is doing too, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's just getting people. I mean, our motto of our gym is you know live life better, and how we came up with that and what we try to push on to people is we really feel like you know, fitness, and we already talked about whatever it is you choose to do for your fitness and however you choose to improve your life. Um, And, you know, the eating healthy and that part of it, just becoming a healthier person, it's going to make you live your life better. You know, you're going to be able to live longer with less diseases and um, being able to keep up with your grandkids as you get older and being able to hunt into old age and all of that stuff. And so it's also cool to see maybe some of these people that were hunters and maybe a little out of shape and maybe stuck to the roads and were not really willing to go in further now maybe you're going to start working out more and maybe start kind of getting a little now, different experience now you're, now you're cutting into <laughs> our country now. hold on a second i'm just no. saying maybe no no, no I, I i like that i like that a lot because mm-hmm. um you know so one of the pushbacks that we get um when we talk about when we talk to especially hunters about bringing in new hunters is why would you want to do that i mean it's already hard enough to draw a tag as it is i don't mm-hmm. care I, I just i really don't care i want more people interested in hunting um and so the same thing if if um if what you're doing is getting people further out into the wilderness fantastic yeah fantastic yeah, for sure so how uh uh, how would someone get a hold of you or figure out uh, how to get into the the Fit to Hunt program? Yeah, so um, our Instagram is Are You Fit to Hunt, um, and we have a Facebook page, Fit to Hunt. Um, our gym is CrossFit Zephyr. We already talked about that, um, and so we, you know, 
have some people who then now are, you know, more interested in getting into our gym and, um, you know, so that they can be better at fit to hunt and be mm-hmm. better, you know, so it's kind of hard to get really fit just one day a week. So that's another way they could do it to find us through our gym. And can they can they also like hit up the uh, hit or, hit or miss archery? Mm-hmm. They yeah. got the information. Hit or miss on that. archery. Um, they have all the flyers and stuff there, and then um, you know they can definitely get you set up if you don't have a bow. They rent bows and they can get you get you set up through there. Awesome. Nice. Um, what nights do you do it? Wednesday nights at Wednesday seven o'clock. That is definitely good information. I know we've already, um, so after talking to you yesterday, we talked to one of our Hunt It Forward participants from last year, Emily, and told her kind of what you were doing. She goes, that sounds cool. I yeah. want to do that. So yeah. we're going to get get her hooked up with you um, because, yeah, it's it's the same thing. Um, whatever we can do to And she's never archery hunted. The first time she's been hunting was last year. We took her on a doe antelope hunt with a rifle. Um, and she's gonna go cow elk hunting this year, but <clears throat> I think that'll in- introduce a really cool dynamic into her uh, early hunting career to expose her to archery and mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. All that. And she's active. I mean, she does yeah. a lot of running, mountain biking, and so this will be right up her alley. That's what I was about to say. You're taking something that she's already interested in, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of sprinkling in. Sprinkling in, sprinkling, <laughs> yeah. sprinkling. You're not so good at the putting the words together <laughs> yeah. and coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, that's, we already established that, Kyle. Um, bite me. <laughs> sprinkling in that hunting aspect on yeah. top of it, and and kind of molding the two together, and you know, whatever it takes to get more people interested in hunting, yeah. and in your case, in in living a better life and being more healthy great and we want more women to come out um we're starting to get more which is great um but you know especially for our event coming up like the competition night in july i would like to have a specific women's division um our first league we i was doing it as much as i could you know i'd jump in and do the workouts or i'd go on the makeup nights we were having makeup nights back then and i'd do the workouts on the makeup nights so i was kind of trying to participate as well um but we only had two other girls doing it we couldn't really have a division, you know, right. it was two people. And so anyway, we just kind of had an overall and actually, um, one of our girls, Natasha got third place, you know, That's she cool. beat nice. most of the guys. And so that was kind of cool too, to see that, to see, you know, everybody's kind of on a level playing field. And, um, I also like to tell them or anybody else, like the mountain doesn't have a women's division. You yeah. Know? That thank everybody's you. treated thank you. the same <laughs> on the mountain. And so, um, but at the same time, it would be nice to be able to kind of give prizes and kind of recognize sure. more women for, for coming out and trying it. So it's kind of one of those. Well, it's, well, it's an incentive. Right, yeah. I know. It's yeah. like it's kind of cool to, to have them all, all together, but it's also cool to have, you know, a separate separate category and have them be able to compete against each other. So For sure. Mm. For sure. So um, we promise you, you get to tell some hunting stories and you have <laughs> – I want to hear your favorite hunting story. My favorite hunting story. Oh, man, that's a tough one. This is right. I'm gonna just going to kick back. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is a tough one. Hmm. How long have you been hunting now? So I've been hunting um, eight to nine, nine years, I guess. Eight to nine years. Um, and I know that because that's how long I've been married. 
and we, me and my husband started, um, I think it was the year we got married, we started hunting. So we went on his first hunt, like right before our wedding and then my first hunt right afterwards. And so, and I know, and I know there's a new hunter too. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was, um, it's kind of one of the things that people are always like, Oh, your husband got you into hunting. And it's like, we got into it at the same time, but I'm the reason we got into it. I'm yes. like, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And his family never hunted, and so he says that was kind of one of the things, that, like, you know, when he met me, he's like, oh, our family hunts. He was always interested in it, and so that's kind of how he got into See, it. High five to you for getting a new hunter in the books. <laughs> yeah. High five Thank to you. your dad again. Right? <laughs> got both of us. Yeah. Excellent. So. Very cool. Uh, and I know there's successful hunters because i've seen the mounts downstairs and they've got some really cool animals they do they do they've got quite a few so my favorite hunt i guess we'll go back to it um there's i mean every hunt has its own highs and lows absolutely and i think that that's one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about are the lows and i'm like in a very very emotional and passionate hunter um i get really beat up pretty you know pretty bad and then i start to second guess if i even deserve to be out there and do I even know what I'm doing and should I even you know sh- what am I doing out here is like goes through my head like a lot and I don't think people talk about that very often but when I bring it up most people are like yeah I felt that way too oh, everybody has you know if, but I don't think I don't think <clears throat> if you say that you haven't felt you know some of those feelings I think you're lying to yourself and you second guess everything you do you know should should we call more? Should we call less? Should we be more aggressive? Are we being too aggressive? You Should know, I have and gone this way versus this yeah. way. Yeah. So I guess like one of shouldn't have stopped to kill that rattlesnake. <laughs> shouldn't have stopped to kill the rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably I guess one of my favorites. But um, we had, we had hunted really hard, like five to six days, and uh, just wasn't happening. And you know, it's just super frustrating. And as it always goes with an archery hunt. I have to come back to Albuquerque and work for a couple of days. And so came back and, you know, just really started to evaluate what we're doing. I mean, my dad were like, you know what, it's got to be a little bit more aggressive. Like we're going to have to make something happen. And so we go back up and I think we had one or two days left in the hunt. So we go back up and um, we see this elk and I'm like, I'm not waiting around. We're not going to try to call it. I'm just going to go after it. And um, so the thistle was really big that year and it was about six or seven feet tall and so i actually used that and was able to crawl through the grass um and got i mean i was like you know 20 yards from this bull and i just couldn't find a shooting window and i'm crawling in wet grass and the wind's in my favor everything's in my favor i just can't get a shooting window because of this thistle is so thick and this elk has no idea i'm there and so i just kept crawling kept crawling kept crawling and you know, crawl for a while with my bow, and I'd look up, and it's like, still nothing, you know, so I was like, I just have to get to this tree. Well, by the time I got to that tree, I told my dad afterwards I was five yards from it before I finally shot wow. it. And so I felt like I could reach out and touch it, and um, I finally, there was a little break in the thistle by this tree, and so I drew back, and he was quartered real hard away from me, and I didn't have a shot, but I'm like, I'm five yards, like, what... I have to at least draw back and figure it out later. Well, when I drew back, I don't know if it, he saw me in sight of his vision or if he heard it, but he turned, and when he turned, just perfect shooting. Um, or gave me, like, a perfect angle and just nailed it. But 
I went back because I felt like it was five yards, and from where I was standing to the first side of blood, which might have been a little fur- further, was uh, nine yards. And so, I mean, I was just right there. Oh, four yards different. Yeah. <laughs> I know I went back on my step and off. because like, I don't want to be that person that exaggerates, but I was like, I felt like I could touch it. Yeah. yeah. First blood is not necessarily <laughs> going to be where he was when he, when he shot yeah. it either. Yeah. He could have yeah. easily went a few steps before he... And then my dad was like, was it a good shot? I'm like, I hope so. I don't know. I just was like, Five yards how could I mess that up, you know? And I had oh, shot a deer. Oh, it can happen. We've got a buddy. <laughs> oh, 10-yard Tom. What's your new name, Dedon? 10-yard Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that one was pretty cool. Um, and it was my, you know, biggest elk at the time. And, you know, just kind of trying something new. And, you know, can't get more aggressive than anything five yards from an elk you know and no, just kind of cool that was really cool it's kind of cool so it's really cool well, sweet what else rodney is that it you awake <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's all i'm thinking <laughs> yeah um yeah we talked about hunting and working out and um all of that good stuff is there anything else that you Anything else that you didn't uh, get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we kind of hit it. Um, I just think that, you know, like we like we talked about, you don't have to be fit to hunt when it comes, you know, one of the guys, because that's kind of our tagline, are you fit to hunt? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys on Facebook, and I don't, you know, I've never met this guy, but I just thought it was funny. He said, um, fit enough to, to shoot prairie dogs out of my truck with AC on. There you go. And it is. And that's his style of hunting. There you go. Style. And that's, and so to, to, just to clarify real quick, <laughs> um, what, what we were talking about in that podcast wasn't saying don't go get fit to hunt. Yeah. What it was saying is, so there's, there's an element out there that talk about, you know, um, you, you've got to go out and buy Sitka and First Light, and you've got to have these boots, and you got to use this weapon, and you got to go train this hard, and if you don't, you ain't a hunter. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were talking about. Um, because those kind of things discourage hunters. Yeah. Um, and, and so you don't have to have all of the best um, gear mm-hmm. and the best rifle and the best scopes. All of that stuff helps. Don't get me wrong. But you know that's not what it's about yeah and so that's more of along the lines of what we were talking about is you can be handicapped and be a hunter mm-hmm. um and so that was really what we you know uh what what that was about um you know just making sure that if a person is super fit to hunt mm-hmm. um that the lazy bums don't give him crap for working too hard, yeah. and then and vice versa. Uh, hunters tend to eat eat their own a lot, and we try and dissuade that kind of treatment amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, we kind of try and talk them into uh, if you've got a buddy that's doing something that's not exactly cooth, leaving trash on private property or leaving a gate open or poaching. I'm not advocating for you to turn him in, but I am advocating for you to say, hey, dude, don't do that kind of stupid stuff because it gives hunters a bad name. Yeah. So I'm advocating for you to turn him in. <laughs> sure. Well, <laughs> being, the, being the game warden, of course. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I do. Um, no. You know, <clears throat> and I had a big discussion about this with, with um, actually my husband the other day because I recently got a new bow. 
and I was really excited about What'd it. What'd you get? I got the Hoyt RX3, the carbon bow. I was really excited about it, and I went out to my first shoot, and all of a sudden I started to feel guilty or like a bow snob because people were like, oh, look at that. And I'm like, wow. Like, I don't know. It was right? just a weird feeling where I started to feel like, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to, you know, dive into my feelings on it, but it was just this weird feeling. And he said, you know, you should write something about that, like, about how you don't have to have, I mean, in my opinion, that's the best bow on the market right now. And I moved up to it and I spent a ton. You worked hard for it. I worked it. hard for it and I spent a ton of time researching and you can talk, you can ask the guys at Hit or Miss, I went over there and shot every bow a hundred times. It took a really long time to decide what to get and longer than it should have. Um, and he said, you know, you should write something about it and I'll have to post it on Instagram because I ended up writing about it, but you don't have to have the best bow in the market. You mm-hmm. don't have to have the best equipment. And when I started, I had a youth bow, one of those that goes from 10 to 60 pounds mm-hmm. and it came with a whisker biscuit and the basic quiver and it was all set up, had a three pin sight. Why did I need more? I shot 20, 30, 40. I was gonna shoot over 40. And um, I went out and killed an elk with it. And I did not replace anything on that bow until it broke. You know, I got bucked off the horse and broke the sight, so I had to fix the sight. You know, fell in the river and broke the rest. Had to, you know, so I started kind of like building up as I went and all of my camo was from Walmart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen, Big still and bar. And uh, you know, so yeah, just start where you're at and grab whatever you can and get out there and See if you even like it, you know, because, yeah. you know, you're going to have, like, like I was when I first went out, I was like, you know, looked like a garage sale. Nothing matched. Everything was, you know, but I was excited mm-hmm. to be out there. And then you're going to have the hunter that has everything at the top of the line, but it's not really that great of a hunter. Right. Yeah. You it, know, it, and they're it, not going to. That doesn't make the hunter. It doesn't yeah. make a hunter. It doesn't. So I'll have, to, I'll have to post that on my Instagram because after we talked Ta- about it, I, I typed it up and Actually, if you would, if you would send that to me, uh, I would love to post that on our on our website because uh, mm. you're exactly right. I think it's it's very important to to convey that that message and and to that's a probably a feeling that many people have gotten and and aren't aren't willing to express it. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, like, I know guys mm. that go hunting. Just to sit around the campfire and drink beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More power to you. I mean, if that's what you love to do, go do it. Be a part of the hunting community in any way, shape, or form that I you see fit, as long as it's legal and ethical. I hear a lot that men get into hunting to get away from their wives. <laughs> I, I have no doubt. And my husband no just doesn't have that luxury. I just... I don't... Um, <laughs> I, I I've tried to get, you know, we tried to get our wives to go with us. I love my wife. I spend all kinds of time with her. So that is definitely not. It's not why we do it. Not why um, we do it. But now, it's I did not, tell that's my wife not their thing, really. Yeah, so. I did tell my wife before we got married. There's two things that you need to know about me. I'm gonna watch football on Sunday, and I'm gonna hunt every year. If you have a problem with that, you need to let me know now. Can I can I do a little stab during the podcast from one of my. One of my best friends. Absolutely. He got married on September 1st. Oh, what an idiot. Sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Rodney has been giving me a hard time. You know I love you. Hey, and uh, I had an, I had uh, the first bow hunt that year, and I went to his wedding, and uh, all I remember about his wedding was just sitting there wishing I was hunting. <laughs> oh! Rod- <laughs> Rodney gives me the hardest time because my, uh, my youngest daughter... Um, 
Not planned, obviously. No, but that's the problem. I know. Uh, she was she was born October eighth. Maybe it'll work to your advantage though, because my um, my dad's birthday is August thirty first. My grandpa's is September second, and mine is September fourth. And we spend our birthdays together hunting every year. Yeah, so, get her so. into hunting, and I, it'll become. See, I, I went the other way. I told my wife, well, "We'll just celebrate her birthday in July." You can't do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I can. She won't know. Yeah. We take free dry um, ice cream sandwiches. Celebrate my birthday. On Perfect. The there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, no, that's we we did that when planning my wedding. Um, Dana, what about this? Nope. <laughs> Elk season. What about this? Deer season. What about January? Sure, you have it's archery season. That's out. What about April? What day? <laughs> Why? Because on the fifteenth is turkey season. <laughs> so we got April eleventh. Uh, yes, it's, it's it's a consideration to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. So, well, it's, uh, Tammy, it's been great talking to you. I think, uh, you're doing some really cool stuff. Very. Um, we are, uh, we're very enthused to come and do the podcast with you and do the training. I think it's beneficial on many different levels and goes right along with, with what we're about here, here at Nauta Grande Outdoors. And that's getting new people into hunting and, and keeping those that are hunting now out and about and doing their thing absolutely i appreciate it i had fun good you too good we did um thanks for joining we'll catch you next time adios (laughs) adios Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.